Young Black Equestrians, the podcast, with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Yeah, I reached out to you on Instagram because I saw where you uh, won Rookie of the Year for the National Cutting Horse Association. But then I was just looking to kind of refresh, and I was like, you won, like, the amateur world title. Like, what? <laughs> yes, I won the 15 a.m. world title, and I was 11th in the world for the 2000 division as well as Rookie of the Year. That is amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was... There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go back. Let's go back. Let's start from the beginning and work our way up to here. So just briefly tell us about yourself and kind of where you're located and what discipline or what horses you have. Sure, sure. So I'm originally from California. I've been in Hartzell, Colorado for Colorado and in general for 15 some odd plus years now mm-hmm. and Hartzell itself is a tiny little town there's less than a couple hundred people that live here year-round and wow. uh, 9,000 people population and um, off the grid so kind of a different quiet solitary life <laughs> out here it's not exactly really full of city and um, which is awesome because I get to wake up every day with my horses sitting outside right so yeah. My show ponies, however, don't live here. My show ponies were in Arizona for quite a long time and then also in Texas. I, I bought every horse that I competed on this year in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the time that I spent in Arizona at Jade Keller Performance Horses out of Al Dunning's barn um, was down there in Arizona. And then Leon Harrells, who I actually purchased my cutting horses from, um, that I rode and competed on to world finals this year, and that's where they reside currently. So mm-hmm. a lot of time spent between here and Texas, which is okay, because there's a lot of snow on the ground here in Hartzell. It's it's maybe 10 degrees out today. Oh I can't, like, yeah. can't even imagine. Not with the cold weather. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. No. Nice break to go down to Texas. They're like, it's snowing. I'm like, yes, but it's 32 degrees. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. That's like warm to people up there. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that is pretty cool. So how did you get into horses initially? So I've never known a time without horses. My grandfather used to ride like the Bill Pickett rodeo and things of that sort when he was younger before he went into Navy. Mm -hmm. And um, when my mom got pregnant with me, she, the horse gene skipped her 110%. (laughs) <laughs> it happens yeah it like it was like no not interested she was a flight attendant for pan american airlines so pan am airlines mm-hmm. and then um, when she got pregnant with me she's like i need to get a horse and she adopted an off the track thoroughbred hmm. yeah that's the first choice <laughs> right bad decisions never rode it just like cleaned the stall and brushed it and that was the first horse that i grew up with and never ended and just continued that horse life. So fortunately, my father was into horses and my grandfather was into horses. So I had a long line of people to to bring me along that had their roots in ranching. And, you know, despite my mom really not even liking to get out of the car, 
<laughs> horses are present. For yeah. whatever reason, she bought the horse. It shows up to the horse shows. So I got to give it to her. She's she's an awesome barn mom. Oh, well, good, good. What? Yeah. What um? What discipline did you ride growing up? Um, really, just Western ranching. You know, mm-hmm. every kid does their fair share of gymkanas and can chasing and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved around quite a bit. We lived in Europe for a number of years, so oh, wow. you do dressage and jumping. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's yep. right there. And then when I came back to the United States, um, I attended Feather River College for a while. And what was that? Over 20 years ago. So that tells you how long I've been around in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You look amazing. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I went up to Feather River College because I kind of wanted to further my knowledge and that's when I was like, you know, being a horse trainer isn't for me, but I love riding and I love the way I connect with horses and I could still offer a lot to the horse industry. And after mm-hmm. that, I've always started my own colts here on my own ranch and, you know, sold them that way and outfitting and packing and so many things to do with horses. And I would go to the occasional show, but nothing like I did last year. Right. Last year was, I woke up and was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And so yeah yeah so let's talk about that journey like beginning of last year you just kind of decided like hey you know cutting horse discipline I'm I'm gonna just try to see how this goes and go everywhere (laughs) right like I just got in my truck um two years previously I had a horse that was in training out in California um that was supposed to be getting prepped for the snaffle bit for charity. And she wasn't really making the cut. And I really wanted to know more about the cutting side of it. So hard to find someone to give you a cutting horse lesson. It was like, it didn't exist. You have to buy a cutting horse if you want to take a lesson, which was so strange. If you want to jump, you can go take a lesson. There are yeah, literally pony. Yeah. Like you get on a horse, you decide if you like jumping or not. If you're really into it, you can buy a lesson package or you buy a jumping horse. Um, I myself trained my own jumping horse and and jumped for a number of years and had a great time doing it. Cutting's a little different. It's not a straight line discipline. It's a lateral discipline going right to left with your hand down. So not a lot you can fix. (laughs) If you're riding a straight line, there's a lot you can fix when you're, when you're going straight, there's not a lot to fix when going right and left. So I thought I should really get a lesson and figure out some of the cutting more if this is what's really interesting me. And I couldn't find anybody in Colorado, California, even where I had my horse in training was like, I I can't put you on a finished cutting horse now. And so I got on the internet, did a search and Leon Harrell's name came up. And he had won open world championships and futurities. And it's like, you know, you come down here a week to two weeks and you get to ride world champion horses. And I thought nobody's advertising that. Like nobody's even doing anything close to that. So I went ahead and signed up for his, um, his lessons and sessions to get introduced into cutting and really almost turned around because I thought, man, I've, I've lived up in the middle of nowhere by myself for a long time. I ride by myself for a long time. The other people that I ride with up here are the same people for years. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you have a new influence or somebody new coming in to um, 
see how you ride or critique what you're doing. And I thought, can I really go all the way down to Texas and have someone critique how I'm riding? And Mm -hmm. Leon was awesome. He was like, you should come down, let's have breakfast and and then we'll go ride. And so I met him at the little local cafe and he was just so kind and so easy to be around. I thought, okay, you know, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine this guy turning around and hear something in the middle of the lesson. I don't have much to lose. And I did drive all the way from Hartsville, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado to Texas. Right. And so no horses in tow, just like, okay, let's go. And um, it it was great. It was a blast. He put me on one horse, two horse, three horses, kind of giggled and laughed. And finally, a few more horses into it. He was like, I think I finally outhorsed you. <laughs> like, oh, he's like, I, I think you should get a, you know, cutting horse. I think this is your game. And I was like, okay, what's that entail? Because you really don't know. Nobody talks about the prices of what these horses cost. And I figure it would be something substantial to be able to put your hand down and do what they do. And I mean, I've been in enough disciplines to know what I was riding was not, um, was going to be more of purchasing a truck than purchasing a, you know, piece of furniture for your house. (laughs) So yeah, I was like, okay, you know, what's it cost? And he was really honest. He was like, uh, if you want a horse athletic enough to, go to certain abilities and really when your, your base price, you're going to be $35,000 and above. And I was like, okay, you know, and that's something nobody talks about in the cutting world. There's a lot of $10,000 cutters. There's a lot of amazing horses for 20,000, but he was like, you're going to put that additional 15, 20,000 into training. Training. So either way, you're going to pay that. So if you know, the way that you ride and how interested you're in, if you want to just get to cutting right away, that's what you're going to spend. So um, I said, okay, well, let me think it over. And if you can find me a horse, I think I definitely want to do this. And by the end of the week, when I went to Dallas to see some family that I had never met, um, I was having dinner and whatnot. And Leon called me and said, Hey, you know, baby doll, are you still in, still in Texas? And I said, I am. He goes, I think I found you a horse. And that was cereal cat. I call her Bobby cakes. And, um, she was my first cutting horse. I was like, well, if you think she's going to be a good fit, then I'll buy her. And he's like, come out and ride her. And I don't know what I'm looking for. I got on the road and I'm like, feels like the other horses. <laughs> you have to tell me. Like, is this right? And he's like, I, you know, she, she has a lot that she has to still learn. And she's not, she hadn't been showed a ton. She had just come off of her um, futurity year and, and showed in the summer spectacular and, um, you know, made the finals, but not hauled. She was young. She was only five years old. And I, okay, you know, I get it. Let's do it. And so I bought Bobby and um, got injured and didn't ride that year. <laughs> oh no. And I was like, okay. And so finally I just said, you know, Leon, um, this is a strange injury. I had cardioquina, which affects your affects the nervous system around the lower part of your spinal cord. So I couldn't really feel my legs and my pelvic area very well. Mm -hmm. I said, but I really want to ride. I think you sit around and do nothing. You are nothing. But if you get a ride, um, you have a reason to go every day. And so he was like, why don't you just come down and ride? I thought, God, you know, Leon's pretty stinking special. Anybody else would be like, no, 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 no. Coming <laughs> down and getting on this horse. Right, right. And so, yeah, truck and trailer and tow. 
I headed down to Texas and I, I, I was having some troubles riding. He tied the reins into my hand and was like, this will keep you from dropping them. Just ride, you know, just get up and ride. And I, and um, it had been a year. And so I said, well, there's a, there's a cutting show in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, Cape Creek, Arizona out there. And at the time I had a boarding facility out there and I thought, I'm just going to haul myself to Texas and I'm going to show up to the show. I didn't know about trainers, turnbacks, herd help, all these things that went into having this full team to be able to cut. I knew nothing about it. You know, I'd only gone to a couple of shows and watched and but I thought, you know, if I have a reason to wake up, you have a reason to go. So I hauled my horse to Texas, landed at uh, my boarding facility out there and, um, the poor secretaries at the Arizona Cutting Horse Association, Kathy Unfriend is a saint and a half. I think I called her a hundred times that day. What time should I be there? And it's the thousand dollar limit class. So it wasn't even a sanctioned NCHA class, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, where do I park and how is this? And poor Kathy's like, for the love of things natural, just be just here get by here. one and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So my class didn't even go to like seven o'clock at night. <laughs> I was there oh. at like 11 in the morning. <laughs> And right. And I mean, I could walk at everything, but I really couldn't feel my legs. And I thought, hmm, I don't know if I'm making the right decision, but I bought a cotton mm-hmm. horse. I'm going to come show. And so Jade Keller had been recommended to me through Al Dunning. And we could not connect before the show. So, like I said, I just drove up to the show, signed up for my classes. And when it was time to go in the ring, I was like, hey, Jade, I'm Raven you've been recommended to me. Um, I could certainly use your help today. And he's like, okay. That's how much we spoke before I, I walked into Penn to do my first class and walked in and cut my cow. And um, it went really fast. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like the fastest two and a half minutes I've ever had. And I don't think I took a breath the whole time, <laughs> but you know, it didn't so bad. We marked a 68, which is definitely not an ideal score to win any money or anything like that, but I didn't zero out. Um, I stayed in the middle of my horse and I got to run and Jade was like, well, you know, I I think I can help you out. Come tomorrow earlier and we'll practice a little bit before we go in. And by the end of the week, uh, he was a trainer that I was using out of Arizona and um, really stuck with me, helped me through it. Even though I was injured, he, he never said, you know, you're crazy, you can't ride or something like this. He was like, okay, okay. And I think that's really important to have a home base like that, um, a good support system that just mm-hmm. encourages you going forward. And from that show on, uh, Bobby and I won a check to every show that we went to. And at the end of the year, um, I had only showed him the thousand dollar and I wanted to show him the 2000 the next year, which is this year, you know, 2019 last year actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I just stopped showing. I pulled up and stopped showing and, um, 2019 started. I was like, um, let's see what we got. Like, I want, I want to see how far I can take it. And so with C Rio cat and, Jade Keller performance horses. We went to the first show of the year down in Tucson, Arizona. Outback Cutting puts on a phenomenal show. Mm-hmm. And we took circuit champions in the 15 amateur. And we won a good amount of money in the 2000. And um, during the saddle shootout, I was like a half a point away from winning a saddle. And I thought, OK, 
okay. Yeah, you can do this. I'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, th I think this is going to be okay. So that's how it Certainly. goes. I commend you for not giving up and just persevering through all of that. That is impressive. Yeah, I, some days I question my own sanity. I'm sure my family mm. is like, you lost your marbles. And I'm like, yeah, probably the first time I smelled a horse 40 years ago. But <laughs> no regaining. <laughs> We're past it so, now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. When you're a horse girl, that's it. There's no, you can't change that. It's in your blood. So yeah right yeah. when you're practicing what actually goes into practicing for these events um that first year was quite a bit my horse not having been familiar with hauling myself um and also coming into a new trainer she was no longer at leon she was now with jade mm -hmm. she had a lot to learn about hauling about being there for me not just getting the cow herself I had to learn so much about slowing down, staying in the middle and waiting. That's probably was the biggest challenge was waiting. I do everything about a thousand miles a minute. <laughs> I don't have a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. And so this whole waiting was, I'm sure Jade rammed his head into the wall about a thousand times, like wait, 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 slow down, wait. And um, just a lot of practicing and, and waiting for your horse and making sure your timing's correct. And um, he was, he was just really phenomenal. About halfway through the year, I needed to haul to places that his barn wasn't going to. And I definitely had the basis between him and Leon to take off on my own and haul around. People were just like amazed. I would show up to shows without a trainer. But um, Jade didn't just say, hey, you go out there and I'll fix it later. I was definitely fully involved in the full training process. I rode my horse alongside of him. And... Um, when I got to the point where I could go out and mark a good score, a 74 or a 75, and he wasn't like, gosh, we have to fix everything on your horse. I was confident enough to know that I can go to shows by myself. And it was necessary to be able to get the world title for me. Um, I was the only person that year, in particular year hauling. He has a lot of people in his barn. They just weren't hauling that year. They'd either gotten new horses or they had, you know, different life things come up. So here I was the only person hauling and I had to make some decisions if I wanted to try to make it to the top 15. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for some of our um, audience who might not know exactly what cutting is, can you explain that to us? Sure. Sure. So cutting um, is basically when you take your horse and you're going to sort out of the herd. So you have a herd, um, that will end up being behind you. And you're gonna push one cow up out of that herd. And you have four people sitting in your corners that are going to kind of keep everything settled where it's not getting too wild. That herd stays behind you. And the one that you bring up, they'll help um, make sure that it stays up in front of you. And once you push that cow up out of the herd, so that's your herd work and you are judged on that, how well you can you know, steer your horse and how quiet it stays. And does your horse have a, like, a bright expression and is it working well and listening to you well and once you lock onto the cow that you've chosen hopefully in the center of the pen if you've done everything right you put your hand down and your hand will stay down until your horse basically breaks down that cow and the cow will go back and forth and you'll try to keep it in the middle third of that pen until it stops moving 
Once it stops moving, you can tag off and go back into the herd and get another cow. You can do that up to three times in two and a half minutes. Mm. So where do the, so where do the point values come from? That is, I think, the toughest thing about cutting to understand. Uh, if you do raining, there's a point system. If you do hunter jumpers, you understand your penalties, you understand your times. Um, you know, if you do jumping, you also understand your times, your point penalties. In cutting, some of it is really opinion, how well you and your horse are handling yourself. And then there's a whole other part of it where your horse is being judged once you put your hand down. Is your horse staying with that cow or are you out of position every single time that you're out of position you're too far away from a cow you know your cow's here and you know you're over here well, there goes a point now you turn you're short the other way there goes another point so ideally a 70 is a clean score you've gone out you've done your job um you don't have any penalties but you didn't do anything to get any pluses to give you additional points and it's pretty hard to earn a check off of just a 70. I've earned lots of checks off of 70s because it's been a, a hard cow day for people, right? right? Like in general, it was a tough herd, so 70 will get you a check. But then there are other days where I've marked a 74 and couldn't get a check to save my soul. Mm -hmm. And so um, it can get pretty competitive, especially when the cows are good and cooperating. So you're really competing against you and your horse against a cow not so much against the competitor you have. And that cow is your make or break moment if you're getting check pluses or check minuses, adding points to your 70 or taking away from your 70. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just as tagging off your cow at the wrong time, if the cow moves or takes a step, there goes five points. Oh, so brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I just recently um, started or I went to, um, a couple like team sorting events, um, yeah. with, or like a three man sorting event and very, very energetic, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes. But I've seen videos of cutting, um, you know, competitions, but like you said, like it's much, it's a little bit slower or it's a lot slower. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like the patience and waiting, like I can, I can see the difference between. For as quick as your horse moves, you have to wait before that movement. Right. And that's right. Yeah. Your speed comes through accuracy, not, not because you're being fast. Your fast. speed becomes because you're accurate and you're patient. Now the mm -hmm. horse has the ability to move with that cow. Yeah. Yeah. I it wouldn't even know how to do any of that. <laughs> I can't offer any of that. It is the coolest thing, you know? <laughs> like, it's so cool. The first time you sit on a finished cutting horse and it swings back to make that turn, you just kind of go, oh my goodness. Yeah. That's the coolest move I've ever on a horse. <laughs> well, I felt that turn one time, but my horse was going the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to feel it in most other disciplines. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he was like, is that a cow? It moved. We're going to die. Right? Come on. Right? Funny enough, yeah, one of my one of my cutting horses does not like the, the cows behind her in the herd. She's like, no, don't roll up on me like that, cow. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I got it. We don't have to be there. <laughs> Gotta love horses, right? It's pretty exciting. funny. So all these accolades, 
Huh? I said, that's the coolest part, part about cutting. It's never the same thing twice. Every time you put your hand down, new cow, new thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So with all these accolades that came with 2019, what vision do you have for 2020? Ah, oh, gosh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of absorbing 19. Um, I did use two horses to be able to make a world title, maintain the top 15 in the 2000, which is a feat within itself. Everybody that was there with me in the top 15, I have to congratulate each one of them because let me tell you, it takes so much fortitude just to make the top 15. And it took so much work to keep myself from both, let alone gaining the world title in one. Um, my horse needed a break at that time. She was just, we ran really, really hard. And the hauling is, is tremendous going from area to area and climate to climate. And I'd be in, you know, South Texas, over to Arizona, to California, all the way to, you know, Missouri for the end of the year. So it was a tremendous amount of hauling. So I had switched to my second horse from Leon Harrell, which was Metallic Sweet Girl RG, to get some fresh legs underneath me. Mm -hmm. um, my horses always come first, and I wanted to make sure I had Cereal Cat for 2020. Right. And so I rode her because I knew I'd have to run in the 50 amateur. It's a money advocate class to get enough money to stay ahead to get rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was the first time someone from the Arizona Cutting Horse Association had won rookie of the year for the National Cutting Horse Association. And I also won rookie of the year in the Arizona Cutting Horse Association, as well as the year in finals. I won the year end 15 amateur and then reserve for the 2000 limit rider in the Arizona Association. So, um, and then was reserved for the 15 AM and for the 2000, the Pacific Coast Cutting Horse Association. Wow. So that was just quite a bit of hauling, multiple associations, and to make it there in the NCHA, um, I really wanted to come home. I had been home four times last year. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, so I just, I really wanted to come home and recharge a little bit. I mean, I have, um, I have five hunting dogs here at my house that I hadn't seen in forever. Mm -hmm. And my other horses, my ranch horses and my outfitting horses are here. And it's, I just was like, I need a month off. And some of my fellow competitors that were at world finals are already showing and I have to tip my hat to them. I'm like, I could hardly breathe. <laughs> I definitely have goals for 20, but, um, I, I need a chance just to recoup and, and enjoy life just a little bit before going down the road again. I'm so hooked on it. There's no way I can go down the road halfway. Right. Of course, I want to try to make the top 15 again. It's a feat just to try to make the top 15. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'll be riding those same horses, Metallic Sweet Girl or Gia, call it Rosie, and my Bobby Girl. And I'll also be riding Juicy um, Reminiscent for this <laughs> next year. So yeah, yeah. She's full of juice. I love that horse. Um, they're all down at Leon Harrell's. So mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be able to compete out of there and then haul one horse to California and leave her in California. That way I'm not spreading myself thin. My horses get more of a break. Yeah. And um, yeah, hopefully have a little bit more of a chilly year while trying to still obtain those goals <laughs> is the right. plan. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you've done it already. So, you know, since you've already kind of learned the ropes, I'm sure 
you will find ways to adjust and, you know, improve. And that way you would get out there this year and even better. Yeah. A lot easier to walk into an Hold on. Caitlin's coming back. When you've, had, when you've had some time, you know what I mean? A little bit of experience. It's pretty tough when you're not only you new in cutting, but, you know, you really don't know anybody in cutting. Now you're hauling down the road by yourself. It, it could be it could be something. So this year, there's, it's a different set of pressures. You know, you want to you wanna match up to what you were doing and hopefully exceed what you were doing the previous year. And um, I tell you what, a smile goes a long ways walking into new arenas and new groups. You mm. walk up and just, you know, hey, I'm Raven. <laughs> I have no idea who I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. And I usually cheer for everyone around me. You know, or if mm -hmm. I see someone having a bad day, if I don't know them, I'll be like, hey, do you need some help? Need me to hold that? You know, everything okay mm -hmm. and it's amazing the bond you make with all these people that you meet because we're all going through it we all have our ups and downs all of us are away from home mm -hmm. we're just living our lives in some trailers and you know stall to stall and trying to keep mm -hmm. your horse sound yourself sound right mm -hmm. <laughs> you can limp all day as long as your horse looks good right um, so, yeah so i think this year is just a different set of challenges now now i have a certain goal that i want to reach and um want to better my ability to be there for my horse instead of my horse having to constantly make up for my mistakes and things of that sort and try to become a better showman that's that's really really big on my list and to master being a lot more calm in the middle so mm -hmm. when I get nervous my horse isn't like where did she go <laughs> so I just want to make the top 15 you know without climbing out of the saddle 10 times a day <laughs> Oh, well, I'm sure you will definitely get there. You seem to already have, have a, you know, a, a good idea of, you know, what you need to work on, which is, you know, good for all of us. You know, you can't get to the end of the year and be like, all right, I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to do it the same way, you know? Right. right. I'm like, I, if we're not elevating, then we're not, we're, we're sitting in the same spot. And I don't mm -hmm. want to do that at this point. So you know the best way to be 40 <laughs> just keep climbing yeah so this is a cool sport we can do it for a really long time which i really appreciate yeah well you're not doing stuff that's horse related what are you doing there's stuff to do <laughs> i was confused by your question <laughs> it was a tough year last year I had a family member pass away and you know um our family is so awesome like we just we always enjoy gathering together so here we are we're meeting for this funeral my family's like so what have you been doing I'm like oh well, riding. They're like, no, but what else? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm trying to get to the top 15. They're like, well, don't you do something for fun? I'm like, well, sometimes I take selfies with my horse and my dog on the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're like, that's well, it. I spend a lot of time travel. driving too. <laughs> yeah. Right. I used to travel. You used to do this. You used to do that. And, you know, um, I, a paramedic by trade, so I was always volunteering somewhere, or like volunteering mm -hmm. to go on a medical mission somewhere, and I had taught classes over in New Zealand, so they were looking for all these stories, and I'm like, 
I went to Gonzales, Texas. <laughs> and stayed in La Quinta, you know, <laughs> so like, I wish I could say I did so much more. Really, I would like to travel a little more this year. I'd like to be able to make sure that I still jump on an airplane and do some stuff, and, and hunting is a big passion of mine. I didn't get to hunt at all last year. Um, I normally do, like, a total archery challenge, and we shoot bows, and I didn't do that either. So um, I hope that this year I can plan a little better and be like, hey, not only did I ride my horse. Right. I actually have another story for you. Right. Yeah. So I'm sorry to be so boring in that department, but really the most excitement we had was, hey, you guys want to go to dinner? Like, Yeah. Gosh. How really dare exciting. you only do cutting horses and win all the <laughs> amazing awards how dare you <laughs> I, I tell you though it was it was worth it there was a few times I was like what am I doing at the end of the year I was like I never won a saddle before next thing you know I'm like oh my goodness I want a saddle in a shootout I have a the Cowan Ranch series they were awesome they sponsored that I won a saddle for that I won the world championship saddle I won saddle for the year end at the Arizona Association it was like okay yeah yeah Sometimes you, if you really want something, you kind of have to zero in on it and go for it. And um, way worth it. Way mm -hmm. worth it. Not a lot of people can say they have rookie of the year. It's your one-time shot. So mm -hmm. pretty, pretty stoked. I'm trying to imagine what your tag room looks like. <laughs> like, where are these saddles at? <laughs> so funny you say that. My my saddles are, like, literally still in my trailer at Leon's <laughs> Ranch down in Texas. I like flew home and left my truck and trailer and everything there. I was like, God bless you, Leon. I love you to death. I'm going to go home for a little bit. And he's like, okay. I said, I'm just going to leave my rig here. I'll just fly and go to show and, you know, try to get a little extra home time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and my poor trainer in Arizona, Jade, he's got my other saddle and buckles that he's picked up. And so basically it's like, um, I look at my world championship buckle. I'm like, that's cool. I'm glad I went down there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's funny to be so far removed and so nice to be at home and so humbled by the horses. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's like, oh, you know, next year, next year. And I'm like, I'm so humbled by this year and how it can go at any given time, you know? Um, yeah. You, you, you could, you could, something. Or you, yeah, mm -hmm. you can, you can be winning. You can not be winning. You could have a sound horse. You can not have a sound horse. You can have a good day. Or, you know, you have the next day where your, your rig's down and, and that's the end of showing for that week or possibly longer. So I'm just going into next year just thankful that I have so many good horses underneath me and that I get to keep doing this, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's awesome to see um, kind of kind of a funny story. I know that you guys are the young, young Black equestrians and um, there's a really great, black trainer uh brandon landis he's very very talented with young horses and we were at the same show together and everybody kept saying oh do you know brandis oh do you know brandis oh do you know brandis? all black people know each other right i was like it's brandis right. black <laughs> right it must be <laughs> gotta be <laughs> I, I was like oh Oh, well, um, you guys keep asking me if I know him, so I'm assuming he's the other black rider here. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I actually did reach out to him, so we're supposed to be scheduling something soon. <laughs> oh, that's so 
awesome. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. But it was just so funny. I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, he's he's in California and he's very talented and um, really good showman and it'd be fun to watch his career develop. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you feel like the people in the cutting horse industry are pretty receptive and like, you know how stuffy like hunter jumper places can be? You know, uh, Western pleasure sometimes can be kind of like snooty ish. You know, do you feel like they're pretty receptive in the cutting? Um, even ranching can be tough because historically it's thought to be, it was a very white dominant sport or white dominant lifestyle of ranching. And so uh, I've met my fair share of obstacles and I was very nervous about getting into cutting because it's rooted in ranching, which um, sometimes I met with open arms and other times you're kind of like, wow, I am the one that does not fit in here. <laughs> and so, as you guys know, I have my hair locked. So it's I know, I love fun. them. Your pictures, and they're like, this way and this way. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, right? These are sister locks. And yeah. so um, not everybody's super receptive to that. And there's a lot of preconceived notions. And when I got my hair locked, a lot of people within my own community were like, I, I liked your hair when it was straight. Why would you do that? You know, locks are, ugh. and so I thought, gosh, Raven, what are you doing getting in a truck, driving to Arizona by yourself, going to a cutting show? Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, Arizona's association was five stars with never letting that be an issue. I had one incident where someone wasn't kind, and I tell you what, the entire association was blown away by it and was like, that's not acceptable. And that's not what the cutting family's about. And, you know, we're here to ride and we're here to show horses. And if that happens and that person's not welcome, which is amazing. Cause as you well know, with the different disciplines, that doesn't always happen. No, it does not at all. And, um, that very last show of the year driving to Missouri, I had more anxiety than I had in 20 years going someplace new. I actually asked a friend to drive with me because I was like, Missouri's like the South. The I'm South. I'm rig bummer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm about to drive through the real Bible Belt. Yeah. I need a witness. Oh, because I've had people at gas stations go, I had one guy approach me crossing the border from California, Arizona, and he was like, whose horses are these? And I said, excuse me, this is my rig. And he mm-hmm. goes, um, I'm going to stand here until the owner of this rig comes back. And I was like, well, you're going to be standing here holding your breath for a long time, honey. You know, <laughs> filled up my fuel and he went to go stand in front of my door. And I thought for a second, holy cow. Oh my gosh. He's standing in front of my door. He's a grown man and he thinks I'm stealing somebody else's rig. I don't look like someone that drives this rig. And this was mm. coming from California, Arizona. And I looked at him and I squared off and I was like, I'm going to do what's necessary to protect my rig. Are you? And he moved to the left and looked at me and my dog was inside just ready to pounce. And he was like, Oh, Oh, oh I'm sorry. It looks like the dog knows you. I just didn't want someone messing with someone's, you know, mm-hmm. rig. And I thought, no, 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 that's my dually. That's my trailer. Those are my horses. Step one bit closer. I'm going to protect them all. (laughs) So I really didn't know going into a new association. I was just so blown away. Like 
Jay Keller and out of Aldine's barn, there, there's zero of that. It doesn't exist. And it's so wonderful. And Leon Harrell, when I say he had zero of it, that man was like, you can win a world championship in the very first week that I met him. There was not a doubt. There wasn't a, Ooh, you have these challenges. He was like, you can just go out and do it. Mm -hmm. And so driving to Missouri was the first time where I was like, Ooh, I've made the wrong decision. <laughs> and, uh, Right? A couple of the stations made me wonder just a little bit, but the people and cutting were so amazing. I showed up and everybody was just like, man, we've been watching you. How awesome. Like you're, you're sitting really close. You guys are one and two. How close are you? Every single time I walk out of the pen, they're like, have you slid in the first place? <laughs> how close are you? <laughs> I know you're keeping count. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So, you know, sometimes prejudice has a way of making you almost reverse act and defensiveness before you even give someone the chance because you're scared of things happening the same way and what a pleasant surprise to get there and that wasn't the case and people were so welcoming and elaine jackson is a secretary out there she was just kind and i'm so happy you could be here this is the first cutting we put on here i hope you liked it i hope you liked it. her biggest concern was like do you like the dirt i'm like yeah that's awesome <laughs> 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 Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been, cutting has been really amazing that way. I've been really blown away by just the candor of people and just, you know, everybody's really there competing against the cow and it's, it's pretty special. That's awesome. That is awesome. So let's see, what advice would you give aspiring cowgirls and even cowboys? I mean, whatever. Do you consider yourself a cowgirl? Um, you know, I, I guess so on some levels. Yes. Yes. I, I have a few hats here that would say, boy, they've seen a lot of time. <laughs> um, I've got a lot of saddle time doing a lot of things that would be considered that walk of life. And especially if you saw where I live up here at 9,000 feet, I don't have a neighbor for ages, <laughs> um, but definitely consider myself a horsewoman first and foremost, always trying to do what's right for my horse first. Right. which I know probably drives so many people insane because mm -hmm. even if it seems unreasonable, I'm like, well, you know, middle of the show, I'll pick up and go home if I think my horse doesn't feel good. Right. And so I try to keep that in mind that, you know, I do it for the belt buckle, the check, um, the saddles, the plethora of prizes that are never ending when you, when you head to a show, my horse really does it because I have a pocket full of cookies. She gets out of the ring. She's like, it's so good. Mm -hmm. I have a cookie now. I'm like, you have all the cookies. You just won me a saddle. She's like, okay, cookie time, you know. So I try to keep a level head. So I always tell people, if you put the horse first, so many other things are easier to be in perspective because you love mm -hmm. the horse first, you love the sport second. And once you love the horse, you start making the correct decisions. You'll find a trainer that will respect you and your animal for that. And I highly suggest a trainer, which um, if you met me a few years ago, I would have been like, well, I don't know. I train all my own horses. Cutting is a different sport. It's a team sport. And the more I look at some of the other aspects of um, like hunter jumpers or barrel racing or things of that sort, it's also a team sport. You're just in a team member with your horse. But the more you know the people around you, the better the more at ease you are. Yeah, the more ease you bring to the table, the better you compete. Getting a coach helps ease you through that. And so 
be ready and be in a place to take criticism because in the end they're not criticizing you as a person they're just trying to make you better they're they're criticizing what is not in the right place what's not being conducive to your horse progressing because mm -hmm. they really have your horse as much as you do and so you know get a coach be involved in a barn community it's it's pretty awesome experience i know where i live um that won't i will never do anything like i did with jade keller again it was awesome while i was there but i live pretty remote and so um at least i know having spent that time when i go to a show i still have those ties i still have you know, Leon Harrell and Jay Keller and, um, you know, Justin White was a great help when I was down in Southern Texas and um, Zeke and Mark Mills. I mean, all these people who are people who have stepped up and helped coach me along the way. And when you have that, it eases so much fear of you going to a new space. It eases your fear of criticism because you understand people are trying to help you. And now mm -hmm. you can learn and you just. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just that um speaks to the importance of networking you know in any Absolutely. any you know discipline any community you know whether it be with horses or not you know networking well, and um in the black community we have a fear of being seen in a group when it comes to being in the horse community you're you get really nervous about how you're perceived right and so i would other black people at events and go to say hi and they would be like in a walk off you know like did they just give me the nod and leave <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i'm gonna chase them down like a crazy person we'll be friends and yeah. so, <laughs> you know and i have approached other people that aren't the same walk of life and been like hey you know it's okay to say hi it's okay we're friends and it's okay that we're good at this together because mm -hmm. that's how everybody else is here. Everybody else is here as a team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, be encouraging to that. I can't tell you. I mean, I've been at gas stations and I had a group of little girls come up to me and um, there was one little black girl in the group and she was all going back and she was super shy. And she's like, I've seen you on Instagram. And I was like, you've seen me on Instagram? That's the strangest <laughs> thing anybody has seen. I'm in the middle of Texas. And she's like, I'm afraid of horses. And I was like, oh. I brought all the group, opened up my trailer door, had everybody pet and feed the horses. You know, um, it's really important as you go down the road that the next generation gets to know that this is okay for all walks, mm -hmm. colors, different facets of life, that horses can bring us all together in a way that we've mm -hmm. never fathomed before. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, it, it's an opportunity and it's, it's a platform to show that there's something different besides MLK Boulevard. And, you know, mm -hmm. when I was a paramedic down in Oakland, I, I had been known to load my horse up and go to an inner city school and be like, here, this is what horses are. Mm -hmm. And load them right on the pavement, mm -hmm. you know? And I just think it's important to know that we can aspire for something different. I was so fortunate and blessed in this life to be raised in it and have a mother who was like, I'm going to go buy an off-the-track thoroughbred. I mean, <laughs> this is sanity. It makes sense. I'm like, I don't know who's crazier, my mom or me. No wonder I'm where I am. <laughs> but not, not every mom's going to do that. Not every group of parents is going to wake up and say, hey, you know, you could you could do this. And, um, you know, uh, I come from a mixed family. My dad is white. He's Irish. And my mom's black Cajun from down south in Louisiana and Virginia. And both parts of my family were raising horses. 
And so I would get flax from both communities. The black community would be like, oh, you're into horses. That's weird. I'm like, is it? Because my grandpa grew up as cowboy. Mm-hmm. And the white community would be like, that's so weird. You're into horses. I'm like, is it? Because my dad was the last unit of the cavalry in World War II before the tanks came in. I was like, it is mm-hmm. literally what I am made of. And um, mm-hmm. there's so many kids that when they touch a horse, it sparks something. It helps with everything from depression and confidence. I mean, you put a little girl that has no control of anything else in her life on the top of a horse, there goes a mad woman right there. She just found mm-hmm. something that gave her wings, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Confidence you can have in the world. And so if you don't take time to harbor that, then you know we won't have anything for the next generation. Horses, we don't have a need for them anymore. And, and kids need that confidence. They are so attached to mm-hmm. the cell phone computers and everything else out there that what are they doing to get that confidence so I try to remember whenever I'm at a horse show if I see a young kid or something especially if they look different do you want to come sit on my horse mm-hmm. do you want to come take a picture do you want to feed the horse you know and um I think I'd probably get more questions about my hair at that point <laughs> <laughs> that's still an appropriate thing though you know that's still that's still representation there also because I know there's yes, several. Yes, to be and yeah, yeah. We're. I mean, that's something we want to talk about. Also, anyway, just like, I mean, natural hair or embracing it is just. It's a hot topic right now, but you know, being a horse person, like, I just went. I went to get fitted for a helmet, and oh yeah, it took an hour. It took an hour. Yeah to find and she's uh, like putting a hell a hairnet on me and my hair was sticking out like this and I was like girl this don't work like this don't work for me <laughs> I, let me let me tell you two things one Colorado Mountain Hat Company mm-hmm. and um and what's a hat company out of Scottsdale Arizona he's the only he's the only custom hatter in Scottsdale Arizona never once mentioned my natural hair amazing mm-hmm. and they've done all my custom hats um sister locks has made it so easy <laughs> mm, i believe so it easy to yes so easy and it amazes me that in the airlines my mom was a flight attendant for years in her manual it said she is not allowed to have an ethnic hairdo that was something she could be fired for if you had braids locks right 2019 in California, a law finally passed that you cannot be fired for using an ethnic hairdo. The decision to have locks while being in this lifestyle was Mm -hmm. one where I was like, oh my goodness, this can make or break my ability to really go for something in the horse world. And one thing I'll give sister locks is most people are confused by them because of how they're small and how they move. are and it gives you a space for people to understand but I have had several women not just touch my hair but are they heavy and and what is it and can you wash it yes you can wash it no they're not heavy it is all my hair no I don't braid them (laughs) so there are other challenges that come with it especially being a black female as a black male you know you wear Mm -hmm. a short haircut you pop your hat and you're off black females there there comes into question if that's all your hair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it has been something it's been really great um brianna noble she trains horses out of california 
I do sister locks. I totally just installed hers. I was like, I'm going to give you the gift of sister locks today. So you could just be free in this. And she was like, girl, life changing. Had I known. <laughs> yeah, you did her sister locks? Yes, I did. Wow. Now you have to stop your <laughs> I know. I'm like, I definitely, well, no, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll know when you're ready. I did. She came out to ride with me for a week, and I was like, I'm just going to, because she was teetering on the fence, and I was like, I'm just going to install them for you. I am fully, oh, hi, hi, little doggy. I am fully, um, fully uh, certified to do sister locks. I got certified to do my mom's hair, right? Because you know how we are. Can't have anybody mm -hmm. your mom. Can't just have no random people. <laughs> right? I'm like, mm, you know. And so my sister lock consultant was like, you don't do anybody else's hair? I'm like, nope, nope. just my mom's. So, right? <laughs> that, I wouldn't even touch it. But then I was like, man, a young black female rider, this gives you such an edge. It's so easy to care for, so easy to pop on a hat, so easy to be able to just like withstand humidity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As we all know. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a really cool place to be in to be able to talk to the positives of what this is so you mm -hmm. know and yeah yeah I mean well thank it's, you it's it's a game changer, <laughs> yeah. game changer. yeah well I don't know if you guys know me or if you look her up but you guys should definitely look her up she's she's been in this gig and she's still in high school and she made the the world finals top 15 two years in a row in the 50 am and She's going to be Brianna did? pretty phenomenal. Um, no, Mia Webster, I think is her last yeah. name. Let me make sure. Ah. Um, yeah, You're always she's, looking for people to reach out to. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's the young, um, young writer, and she is really very talented. Um, her family owns the Clark Butte Ranch up in Oregon, and to be in high school and make the top 15 two years in a row in the 50 amateur is pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I will send you who she is on, on Instagram. I'll send you her Instagram thing, but yeah, she's, awesome. she's fun to watch. She's a very, very talented writer. I think she's going to go really far. Well, cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. I don't want to take up all of your night, but I, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation yes it was very awesome more than you even know <laughs> awesome awesome well listen ladies if you're ever at a cutting or you see that i'm posted at a cutting come up and say hi and learn about it and yeah for sure I'm all about that <laughs> thank you so much for having me it's it's a big deal i appreciate it Yes, yes. Well, good luck with your 2020. I'm sure we'll be in touch, but good luck with everything this year. I hope you stay safe and I hope your horses stay safe and I hope you guys kind of reach the levels that you're looking for. We're going to come home yeah. a little more often this year. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. get there. Take time yeah. for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. So, <laughs> thank you, ladies. You guys have a great night out there on the East Coast. Alrighty, you too. Bye. Thank you for listening to Young Black Equestrians, the podcast. Be sure to rate and review on all podcast outlets and head over to YouTube and enjoy our visual content new for season three. See you next week.